Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. You can find out about this and all of our author events at www.skylightbooks.com. At our website, you can also browse our inventory as well as order books online. And don't be afraid to follow us on Twitter or even be our friend at facebook.com. If you'd like to talk to a real person, we can be reached at 323-660-1175. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Daniel Klaus is the acclaimed cartoonist behind Ghost World, Art School Confidential, and the 8-Ball comic series, and many other stories and books as well. He was nominated for an Academy Award for his screenplay adaptation of Ghost World, and he has won several Harvey and Eisner Awards for his comics. And Dana Gould, who is here uh, moderating this discussion is a comedian and comedy writer who wrote and performed on the Ben Stiller show, wrote for The Simpsons for six years, and appeared on Seinfeld, The Aristocrats, and other film and TV roles. He was a regular contributor to the Adam Carolla radio show, and his stand-up special, Let Me Put My Thoughts in You, is out on DVD now. Uh, without further ado, here is Daniel Klaus and Dana Gould. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Dan. Hello, comics fans. <laughs> this is uh, the biggest crowd I've seen here since the James Elroy appearance, but the women look much less threatened, <laughs> which is nice. That is nice. Uh, and we're here uh, ostensibly to talk about your new book, Wilson. Available at the front counter. Available at the front counter. Is your mic on? Is it? No. No. <laughs> How about now? I guess, there you you, go. I guess you're a pro. There at you this go. Okay. Which one was the stand-up? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, and uh, we were uh, we were talking on uh, on the telephone. Uh, so uh, to, before we talk about the book, uh, how many people here have already read it? How many people here are going to be really bummed out if we talk about it and you learn things you might discover within the book? Just, Sorry. Just him. <laughs> Um, but we, I won't get too specific, uh, except uh, we'll talk extensively about the murder. The ending. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the ending. Um, but uh, we were talking about that the, uh, Wilson's personality is, is he's really, a, he's a lot like a stand-up comedian in the way they really are in life, which is right. solitary. Angry. Uh, misanthropic. Uh, abrasive, abrasive, but all—it's—it's the people. Um, it's the—it's just the perfect combination of arrogance and self-loathing. <laughs> That's really what makes us. I guess I, I guess I would have to include myself in that. <laughs> I guess that what makes them so wonderful. Right. Well, as you as you said, Wilson is. Like ninety percent of your Christmas card list. Yes, exactly. Like, I know this. I not only know this guy. Right. I spend most of my time hanging out with one variant yeah. of him. I find I'm very. Uh, I'm quite shocked by the reviews of people saying nobody could be like this. <laughs> hmm. I guess I need a better sort of friend. <laughs> exactly. You don't travel in my circle. Right. Um, and and uh, I want to. We want to get into the uh, the audiovisual portion of the show. Yeah. You have some of your old burlesque loops that you brought, I do. which I greatly I do. appreciate. My early work. Um, but um, but uh, the 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 book also has a uh, a, a form that you've not done uh, before. 
uh, you've right. sort of set yourself up a uh, you set yourself up a challenge. <laughs> That's right. I <laughs> I've raised a hurdle for myself. Yeah. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Um, I'm well, gonna go read that book entitled "Rape." <laughs> Would you hand me that book right above your head? Oh, yeah, right there. That giant. No, the one to the right. Here's one. Like, you know, guys, if you're a single fella and you got a gal over, this is not the deal closer you want. Just That's right. sitting on the bookshelf. <laughs> you looking at my books? Where are you going? <laughs> Like, that guy's going to be doing a signing on Thursday. <laughs> what would the crowd be Roman, like for uh, that? It's by yeah. Oh, and it's by a it's by a chick. Uh oh. Uh oh. Somebody's angry. Oh my god. I kid. I, I think you have to buy that. I now. kid the rape victims. I kid. Yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, tell. So uh, Wilson has a specific sort of uh, motif. Um, yes, it's uh, it's made up of 77 uh, little one-page sort of gag strips. Like you know, the the original impetus for this came from reading uh, reading like old Peanuts collections. You know, Charles Schultz. Mm -hmm. Where if you read them in sequence, it's it's as though they have a narrative. You know, it's like. There's like the Christmas strips, then the New Year's strips, then all of a sudden it's Valentine's Day, and then they're playing baseball. You know, and it sort of, it has like the, the semblance of real life passing, and it almost feels like there's this grand narrative mm -hmm. that's actually not, he does not impose on it. It just, ha you know, it has that sort of natural feel. And I thought that would be really cool if you sort of took that that notion and, and actually imposed a real narrative onto it. Yeah, and, and what I also liked about it a lot was uh, that it you don't realize you're doing that until about you know until a little ways in yeah it kind of surprised I wanted you. it to just feel like oh it's just a bunch of silly gags with this obnoxious guy and yeah. all of a sudden it coalesces into a story and then when you get to the end you kind of look back at the first few and you oh I see how that related yeah I, it's it's great I, I because you well then here's a question I wanted to ask and then maybe we'll get into the and the and the AV thing but right the but, AV I don't know what to call it right. <laughs> the PowerPoint is that what it is I guess you're here to prove that they have weapons of mass destruction that's in right I have, I have some um, dossiers with me <laughs> but I, I love the um, uh, that it 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 does jump uh, around and, and because you you've you've also written screenplays uh, I often wonder like what sh do you do you think of this do you now you know do you think of movies as strips do you think of strips as movies because it, it's I look at this like I look at this as like I, oh I could see this is I could see this movie and I wish they would make the movie in the way you wrote it right yeah you know and, seventy and just seven like, little like blackout sketches yeah and and that would be a very commercial film I'm sure <laughs> well, yeah. there's somebody out there who yeah. wants to make that film right now yeah I've on more than one occasion been asked after pitching a movie what's the target audience of this movie and <laughs> they're so, old men yeah as, as Andy Kindler said it's men my age who are me. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, as I said, you know, who doesn't want an opera about Renfield? Right. right. <laughs> Come on. You know, I, I can't believe that Universal Studios is saying no to my Peter Cushing biopic. <laughs> Good day, sir. <laughs> um, uh, that's great. And um, and you, you're, did you? When did you? Uh, did, did you decide before you even started it that that's what you wanted to do, or do you, how how far in advance do you have this plotted that before you sit down to? to I mean, I, the the way this story was born, I actually my my dad was like dying of lung cancer in the hospital, which is always the wellspring for mirth. <laughs> a lot of a lot and, of great uh, humor there. 
so I was, you know, I was like just sitting in the hospital for days, day after day, and I just read this Charles Schultz biography, and I was like really connecting my dad to Charles Schultz. They were like the same age, and sort of mm -hmm. these gray, like gray-haired, crew-cut Midwestern squares. Right. And uh, and so, it, like, this book was really hitting me on a deep level. And there's a part in the book where Schultz says something like, the difference between an amateur and a professional is that a professional can sit down and in 15 minutes have a workable cartoon for the next day's paper. And I thought like, Jesus Christ, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Who could do that? And I thought, oh, I, That's I mean, actually the difference between an autistic person and a person. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I, uh, so I, you know, that was my challenge, but I just had a little sketchbook in the hospital and I thought, I'm going to draw a couple 15-minute strips and see how it goes. Uh-huh. And this guy kind of just emerged from that. It was just like this. I needed like a funny character that had no thought, no forethought at all. Just he, this id creature emerging onto the page. <laughs> that's, that's really what it is. And then, and then the next thing I knew, I just couldn't stop. Like I just like I was la laughing at my own stupid cartoons that I'm drawing with my little you know stick figure. And people walking by the room the think you're laughing like, at your sick father. Yeah, the, the nurse is like, dear God, he's lost his mind. <laughs> and so. Uh, and so I drew hun literally hundreds of strips with this guy, um, and just like I knew the character, but I none of it, they, there was no story at all. I didn't even think, oh, I'll do a story. Mm -hmm. But th once I knew the guy, then I sort of like, what's his story? And I realized his father would die, and he's and he's totally alone in the world. And I thought that's you know that's his the the thing that gets him going, the engine that begins yeah. the story. Yeah, it is in, in that way. It is, you know, and and I think that I think it's fair to say that's a that's a theme that runs through a lot of your work. Perhaps, um, uh, but it's uh, it's it's heart it's heartbreaking, uh, you know, as it goes hilariously so. Um, if if you care about a guy like this, it, it is. Yeah. But yeah. Well, or if you think that maybe you're him on some level. <laughs> <laughs> or if maybe on some level him. you think that it's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's uh, that's uh, hilarious. Well, let's backtrack. We you have a, you have a PowerPoint presentation. Well, uh, sort of. General Powell. Um, We're going to take you back to the golden days the of Burlesque. Days. <laughs> uh, and There's something you can do. Uh, do five minutes of your... Uh, oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> can I do four? <laughs> I, was, um, I was... But here's, how, here's like a really funny... Here's what a really funny person would say in right. that situation, yeah. as opposed to myself. Um, I, I, as many people... I'm sure people here have been to Lucha Vavum or have seen Lucha Vavum. Which is a. I haven't. It's but you know it. It's the I've, Mexican wrestling burlesque review that. We oh do. yes, of Natch. Yeah, yeah. Natch. Um, but we did. We do it at the Mayan Theater three right. times a year, and it's great. It's it's real mass Mexican wrestlers, and then every other match they have a burlesque routine. You know, uh, gotcha. like pasties and g-string, and it's it's a ton of fun. And um, one night uh, we were there, and a folding chair fight broke out, as is wont to happen. And I said to Gary Shandling, who was there and the, near the front, I said. Uh, I'm going to bring you on now to do about 10. <laughs> without, without flinching, he went, would you mind? See, like, that's what a really funny person would say. Right. And look would at that. It took just enough time to tell that story, and now perfect. we're heated up. You're a pro. Look at that. Semblance this is, this of professionalism. This is one of my uh, conceptual pieces. <laughs> do you need like to change? This is like my new stuff. Yeah, can you do that? Do you know how to do it? Oh, what do I, I think what, if you what do press I do? this, maybe. This is, so this is a home computer. This is like a computer you could have in your home. It's a hand crank. <laughs> well, that did nothing. Let's see. 
Do we have any uh, nerds in the audience? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, hang on, wait a uh, Double click to. What, what would happen if I don't? No, don't do. That? No, 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 okay. no. Do Arrow. not. Slideshow. From arrow to hand. Where do, where do I hit slideshow? Now be my mother. Where? The top? <laughs> what? The top? <laughs> View show? Would that do it? I don't know, honey. What if there's a fire? <laughs> Guess who doesn't sleep in my bedroom now? Your father. <laughs> this is the lamest slideshow ever. Uh-oh. No. Space bar. Space bar. Yeah. Wait, I didn't do that, though. Could you tell I did that? Did Jamie throw my voice to give myself my own advice? Um, so you, we were talking about this on the on the on the uh, the other day. Uh, tell us tell us about what yeah. this is. Well, I mean, first of all, I put together this slideshow originally because I was my publicist wanted me to like go out and do this little dog and pony show where I would promote my book, and so I put together all these slides, and then I was like, I cannot do. I do not want to like go up and go like, hey, everybody, here you know, here's my great career. <laughs> Let's have a trip into my egotism. <laughs> so, uh, so the, the idea was to have you know s people come and ask questions related to these slides. Right. So, uh, and this, but as it's turned out, every single night I just wind up going through them by myself as I was going to do anyway. So anyway, um, so my my little impetus for putting this story in this was a, a story by a science fiction uh, comic artist named Wally Wood who was. Uh, Yes. <laughs> Please, no questions about Wallywood after this. That's uh, I've asked. I've answered everything I ever want to answer about Wallywood. <laughs> um, but he was uh, he was sort of like the quintessential '50s sci-fi artist. And this was a story in the last issue of Weird Science magazine in 1953 or so, where he. Uh, it was like a gift to him. Where in every panel, it's like this sci-fi wet dream of, of uh, you know, dinosaurs and spaceships and dinosaurs on spaceships and beautiful <laughs> girls in spaceships fighting dinosaurs. It literally goes on for seven pages of just. It like, is. It is amazing how in a lot of pulp sci, it's it's yeah. all about. It's it's really all about rape. It's 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 all about space. It, it is basically, but um. But anyway, so it goes through seven pages of just sci-fi drawings, and then we get to this. This is the last panel, and you find out the, the story is actually Wallywood drawing the story. It's like a meta thing. And, uh, and this had like a huge impact on me as a kid. I remember seeing this, and this was like the first time I ever saw sort of like my my dream of what I wanted to be. I wanted to be like the greasy haired, you know, guy like smoking and yeah. sitting in a dark, it looks like he's in just in darkness in the middle of the night, you know, with like a his beer mug in the, I mean he was like a hopeless alcoholic and to put his beer mug is really dismal and like drawing in a gigantic, I didn't know you drew on such a big piece of paper till then, I mean it was just like it was everything I wanted to be in that, in that panel. And so, like that was the minute I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be this guy. Yeah. That that hairstyle, by the way, is called a full McGarrett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that is pretty McGarrett. That's a complete Jack. Anyway, Lord. so cut to. So, so you have this fantasy of how I amazing this guy of, is. Yeah. I wonder what his life looked like in what he looked like in real life. Imagine. Hey. 
This is uh, this is poor Wally in in reality. Maybe like ten years after that panel was drawn, where he's like you know sitting on a mattress with a pegboard on the wall. You know, like he's obviously like typing a letter, like you know, dear editor, where's that forty dollars you owe me for? <laughs> you know, we don't even want to know what this is all yeah. about. <laughs> and that, like the phone, it's just like I'm gonna move it closer. Maybe it'll ring now. You know, and it just you know. But the the bottom line is, I still want to be that guy, and I still want to be. I want to be sitting on that couch. Like to me, that's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. So again, tips tips for uh, the late you know men who are interested in the ladies. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have tools hanging <laughs> over the bed near a poster that says Dynamo. So so easy yeah. to reach. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing good is happening. Well, there's some something to do with Snow White right there. With yeah. <laughs> nothing. Nothing there it says deal closer. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> no. Oh. Here we are. So this is this is me as an innocent lad. This is like right around the time I I started drawing comics, and I I don't know. It just amuses me to see how how innocent I was. I was actually going to do like a hideous photoshopped version of that, and go like here here I am now. <laughs> That's a fantastic. Uh, that's fantastic. So here's some early. Do you still work. have that wig? <laughs> I do. <actually. laughs> yeah. I still have that shirt. Um, this is uh, this is one of my early pieces, a caricature of Gerald Ford. <laughs> you know when your child is drawing Gerald Ford, that it's you know time for therapy. Um, so this I like is, how his head is crushing his body. Yeah, yeah. It was a comment on Ford's, you know, I can't even make it. Um, so, it but at this time I wanted to be like, you know, Mort Drucker drawing for Mad Magazine, mm -hmm. like the caricature guy. And so, you know, that's, I was completely fixated on Mad Magazine. You can, here's, here's some actually earlier stuff. This is one of my, uh, one of my timeless classics that never thought I would see six feet tall. It's on a tiny piece of typing paper. This is, uh, I was probably 11 when I did this. And I did hundreds of these, just, you know, stupid parodies of, you know, I do like, instead of the night gallery, it would be the fright gallery or something. <laughs> Nobody even knows what the night gallery is. Oh, no, uh, sure they do. You do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to work for MAD, and instead, here's my first published work in Cracked. <laughs> wah, wah. So uh, the reason, I, the the way I got to work, but it wasn't. Hey, it wasn't crazy. That's it. Wasn't <laughs> sick. It wasn't crazy. The way I got to work for Cracked was uh, my uh, my roommate at the time uh, answered a want ad in the uh, in the pay. It was like just in the paper, like in the New York Post or something. It was like wanted assistant at Cracked magazine. And oh, that sounds like a good job. And he went and got the job. And within ten days, he was the editor in chief of Cracked. <laughs> But that's literally true. He's <laughs> like went from went from literally working at a at like a record store answering phones to making sixty grand a year. That's fantastic. It's so cool. It's kind of an apocalypse now. Who's in charge here? Ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> and and who's it looks like somebody's making a fir his first appearance in the in the last panel. Yeah, there we are. That looks like our old friend. Oh, no. 
I looked like Lloyd Llewellyn in, oh, in no. the corner there. Everybody did back then. Um, I just like this cover because I can't believe I was in this magazine. That makes me feel so old. Like this was this was like the current movie, Rocky Two. <laughs> like I think that's Rocky uh, Four. Oh, it's Four. Well, okay, sorry. But I mean, you know, Dolph Lundgren was still uh, he was a viable star at this point. Mm -hmm. Back to the Future was in was in the theaters. I don't know. I just that cracked me up that oh I was in there. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Um, have you seen uh, the the last Rambo? I never did. You should really see really it. Okay. It's, it's an orgasm of carnage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There he is. So now, you know, I don't want to like talk about every comic I did, but this is this is the first uh, first thing I ever did like on my own. Oh. And this is uh, this is my dark period. Something. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh, we've lost oh, it. Oh, power. Wah wah. You know, it's funny, I was at the store today and I saw sardines packed in oil. And they, they, they turned that around really quick down in the Gulf. They already got the stuff in the stores. <laughs> huh? <laughs> you know, if you squint really hard at the Sex in the City 2 billboard, it looks like the Rolling Stones are doing a perfume ad. <laughs> so I'll step outside for a smoke. Hey, <laughs> Here's my question. When you're outside of Grauman's Chinese Theater and you see the superheroes that pose for pictures, yeah. is, it, is it a wet homeless guy as Spider-Man or a regular guy as wet homeless Spider-Man? <laughs> I can never, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we're never going to see the pictures of our trip to Casper, Wyoming. That's right. I have lots of photos um, of my son. Do we, know what, do we know what the deal is? Or? He's never done this before. Uh, okay. It's a brand new problem. Uh, I think possibly it's too awesome. <laughs> it exploded from awesomeness. <laughs> okay, great. Okay. Well, we'll, just, well, uh, well, let's, uh, yeah, you can unplug it and plug it back in. Okay, and so, but so you Weird were... Weird that we have nerds in the audience. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, isn't, the, isn't the inventor of this thing here? Jesus H. Um, and uh, so, but Lloyd Wellen was for Fantagraphics. Correct? Yeah, correct. Um, what was the jump from, from uh, Cracked... Uh, to Fantagraphics? Um, when I was working for Cracked, I, uh, I had a lot of spare time, as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, what, you know, what should I, there we go. Oh, cool. You know, I thought, like, what should I do? And I thought, oh, I'll, I should draw, like, an underground-ish kind of comic. Here, this is, uh, this was to show sort of the context. You also are sporting a full McGarrett there. I did, you really uh, did. I felt like called that the full Gumby, but, yeah. um, but you've got the forelock. You've got the, you've yeah, got yeah. the Jack Lord this, forelock. I was trying to find something that would show the context of the comic world in 1986. And I was going to put together like a show of like, you know, different covers of comics and stuff. And then I found this photo and I thought, okay, enough said. Yeah. But it is a, that that absolutely is like, you know, a bunch of comedians hanging out after it, a show. It too. truly, the same. Had, to me, I, I have that. That Jack Nicholson in The Shining quality. <laughs> and like, I wasn't in this photo originally. <laughs> I was never the, there. And the Clockwork Orange poster is just is almost stabbing you in the head if Eerie. you look really closely. I didn't even notice that. That's yeah. chilling. And that's a nice. That's kind of a see. There was a t the guy in the front next to the African American woman. Um, uh, sh that hair. I kind of had that hair, and my wife says Excellent. it was a mullet, but it wasn't really. No, it's even worse, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a, a bad party in the back, and no business. In the front. <laughs> right, no, no business being done at all. So, uh, 
Now here you go. Here we go. So Lloyd Llewellyn. I have this. Uh, Lloyd Llewellyn. I, I have this issue at home. There so. you go. Is um, it mint? Um, <laughs> <laughs> to finish my little Lloyd Llewellyn story. He, yeah. You know I. Uh, I finished a, uh, one story with this character that I made up in literally five seconds. So mm -hmm. like, what, uh, let's see, let's have a good character. Okay, a guy with a bunch of L's in his name, fine. That's it, that's his personality, case closed. So I did, a, I did like a 10 page story and then I thought, well, what am I gonna do with this? I don't, nobody's gonna publish this. And I saw there's this company called Fanographics that did the Comics Journal and I thought, well, if I send it to them, they'll send me some feedback. <laughs> I, I literally thought, I thought they'd like, you know, circle. Begging for notes. Yeah, that went away. Like they would, they would, you know, like circle, you know, the misspelled word or, you know, I don't know yeah. what they would do. And so I thought, well, you know, they'll give me some feedback and then years down the road, I'll hone my skills and then I'll have my own comic. And so then like three days later, I get a call like, we'd like to give you your own comic. <laughs> I was like, but I, Is I, this the I'm not press? ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right, I just got the janitor job at Crack. <laughs> and so, but of course, I was not really ready to do this comic and I wasn't really that into drawing this character that was sort of imposed on me because that was who I submitted. Mm -hmm. And it was ultimately canceled. And uh, I was ready to give up comics. And I thought, well, I, I got to do like one that I, that's like the one I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And that's what... That's what this was. And the idea was to do like three issues and then slink out before they realized how much money I lost for them. Right. Uh, and you started like a Velvet Glove cast and iron in the first. Did you, did you know where you... Clearly, I, I can't imagine thinking you were only going to do three issues. You didn't have the breadth and scope of the entire story. I, I thought, actually thought it was going to be three issues long. Uh -huh. I thought, I, I can do like a three issue story. And what year but I didn't, that? even, I didn't even know the second chapter when I did the first one. Like 88? 89, 89? Was, was printed. Yeah. So I probably did it in 88. Right, because I remember when it came out, I thought it was Twin Peaksy. But Twin Peaks is actually after Velvet Glove by about a year. <laughs> Nobody remembers that. No, but when I, but Eight Ball, when it took, what started yeah. to roll. Yeah, yeah. Reminded me. Yeah, now everybody's, oh, you saw Twin Peaks. And I was like, no, I'm afraid not. Well, <laughs> I think you're a homo. <laughs> um, that would be, yeah, for the, oh. Oh, oh, no. That's what happens when you say the H word. <laughs> I, it would be great if uh, I, maybe for a, a brief moment, I'll interview you like Jack Webb. Right. Okay. <laughs> this your comic? Yes. I'm proud of that. Yeah, <laughs> sick of that story. <laughs> <laughs> so, this your new book? Yes. Well, pardon me while I jump up and click my heels. <laughs> That's what he said once. Is this your apartment? Yeah, man. Well, pardon me while I jump up and click my heels. There was another great end of a dragnet once where yeah. Gary, Gary Crosby was playing a painter. I remember that. Oh, where, where he asked to see a picture of, do you have a picture of your girlfriend? He goes, yeah, man, I got a picture. And it's like an abstract <laughs> painting and the, he, he and Harry look at each other like. <laughs> and then he said, this is, I swear he said this or, I, or I'm remembering it incorrectly. He goes, I don't need to clean up, man. I'm an artist. I'm like Picasso. And then at the end of the episode, when he's, all, he's the square John. Right. And he goes, uh, you know, uh, even, uh, you know, Picasso, uh, my apartment's kind of neat now. I, I don't feel like Picasso anymore. I bet I know somebody who would appreciate that. Mrs. Picasso. <laughs> Mrs. P. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there you All go. All right, so here we are, yeah. Now, come on, let's just I go back to Twin Peaks. <laughs> you so stole that from Man. me. Man. Right. Yeah, it was so, yeah, but I love, now, the interesting thing with, uh, with the expressions on the faces, is this, um, is this a trade secret that, uh, 
I'm, I'm going to ask you about you have a you have a photo reference that you use for some of your stuff that I've that I've seen. Do you know what it is? Is that the what is it? What well, you, let me you ask you off, off mic. <laughs> oh yeah, but I don't really use those for reference. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, just because I thought of the, well w when we were we were at a shut we up a, we were at a we were at a Did key party. Get a hint. We were the world's worst key party. It was just before Colonel <laughs> Sanders <party>. died. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to? Oh man, What's, uh, who was at the key party? Dan Klaus, Colonel Sanders, and me. It fucking sucked. <laughs> No, but you had this collection of old mugshots right. that you bought, and right. it really is. And and I just assumed because if you look at the the fourth panel there, that does it, it's just people at the worst moment of their life. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah. just like this, and they just have that look in their eye. They're like, ah, fuck. You know? right. it's, there's no more downhill. Right. You know? right. It's just shoplifting at gimbals. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So clever. Uh, so while uh, while Velvet Glove was, I was trying to like capture my inner life in a narrative. I was trying to just like use my dreams and like weird, like just anything that felt uncomfortable. That like I don't want anybody to know this about me. I would okay. I'm going to put that in. Mm -hmm. That was that was how I did it, and that's why it was sort of fun to do and fun to read. I think, but that was so that was my inner life, and this was my outer life. This was like the world I was all of a sudden plopped into you know the comics world mm -hmm. as as you saw in 19 you know in the late 1980s right. which was not hospitable to <laughs> to my my little uh, you know my my little uh, coffee clatch of comic creators you know it was right. it and you were in chicago then so yeah yeah and you know you'd go into any comic store and you'd go like you, do you carry eight ball and they're like in the adults only box in the you know behind the curtain in the <laughs> men's room you know under the guy the dead guy you know it's just <laughs> It's in there with, with you know, elf the elf porn and you know yeah. just all the. I never understood the. I never understood. I really don't. And I like the draw the like pornographic drawings. It's like if if you want to look at that, the the there's a better thing available. There are photographs. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there's a yeah. It, I, I've always actually f admired that. I thought like that's that shows like some a certain artistic sensibility that I prefer these comic strips to the you know. Yeah. No. I I. It, I get that. It's just not. Yeah. Carol uh, Carol Hernandez uh, Gilbert Hernandez's wife. Yes. Of course. Uh, told me a really funny story about like they would be because he. He, um, they would be like talking. Oh, we gotta go to your mother's, and and uh, and then and she'd look, and he'd just be like drawing a giant cock. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. And uh, oh, they're gonna take out that same old ball of tied-up Christmas decorations. And I really should just we should just stop off and get a new set of string lights. I don't know why these big veins on this. Thing. <laughs> it's really bizarre. <laughs> like, like, a crazy. Uh, uh, Way to make a make a living. Are we? I never. Uh, there was a. In the, blind or there I don't know if it's still there, but it. Uh, at Golden Apple, uh, it used to be the the adult section had those western doors. Right. So when you walk, you're like shame, shame, <laughs> shame, shame. <laughs> right. It's one of the. Uh, on this one, actually, I, I rarely quote my own jokes, but uh, this is actually a Simpsons joke that I wrote that I'm actually somewhat uh, proud of. Uh, when. Uh, when uh, um, 
Ralph Wiggum went into the porno section of the comic right. book store and it was just quiet and then you just hear him go, everybody's hugging. <laughs> <laughs> most, most of the great Ralph Wiggum lines are written by... Uh, by you. By George Oh, Meyer. by George. Yeah. So these are, you know, I don't really have anything to say about them. They're just like the funny little strips I did in my early comics. Uh -huh. I don't have any like backstage dirt on on uh, the in insignificant shrimp. No, but you do have a great. Uh, this is you know you have a one of the things that I caught my eye originally uh, was you have a great sort of mid-century aesthetic in your drawing oh. that I like. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's you know you stole that from Mad Men, I think, back in I did. the nineties. I did. Yeah. Yeah. This was a girl, that was a girl my brother went to high school with that I was totally in love with. He's probably now 60 years old. <laughs> Still hot. Still hot. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Um, and that is the, uh, oh no, this is, I think in the, well, there's, because there's a, the, an early uh, uh, relative of Wilson is, uh, and I think it's in, I'm not sure if it's an. It's not an. I hate you deeply. Uh, it's, it was a, the 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 obese guy in the no fat chicks T-shirt. Oh, yeah. Complained about uh, fat chicks on TV. It's he, he's like a cousin of Wilson's. I would think. Yeah, that was actually uh, Gilbert Hernandez told me that uh, one of my former publishers actually was like a was that fat guy. guy and had a no fat chicks T-shirt. <laughs> Um, so here's, this is what the, the happens fat to is Lloyd unnecessary. The fat is unnecessary in that guy's t-shirt. True, true. <laughs> so I got, you know, I was, here's my franchise character and I just turned him into like a jerk who lists all the things that I hate. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why don't you sell that font as like clouds? Yeah, because then it would be used for, oh, yeah, you right, know, yeah. horrible comics. Right. This was me in high school. <laughs> Ectomorph. This, was, this story weirdly has, there's like a lot of super skinny guys will come up to me at a signing and go like, I used to wear two pairs of pants too. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is almost an early version of Wilson, like a scarier version. Uh -huh. I always like this cover. Yeah, and My Suicide is one of my favorite stories. Yeah. I was always concerned in writing suicide notes, I was never sure of the spelling. And I you don't want, want people going, what well, an hey, idiot. Look, Dana committed suicide. What should we do? <laughs> don't ponic. Call the Paleys. <laughs> there's our school confidential. Now this, there's a story here. Yeah, this was, you know. <laughs> I, I did you this, stole this from that movie, our I school did, I did. I did. I did this, uh, I, I actually did this story like the day my student loan came due. <laughs> Up till then, I wasn't all that bitter about it, and then I was like, "I have to pay eight thousand dollars for that? I don't, but I'm not working." Yeah, it was eight thousand dollars for four years of art school back then, and I was like, "May as well have been eight million dollars." <laughs> and uh, I think I paid like twenty dollars a month for you know ten years or so. And uh, but I thought like, oh, "I'll just do this story to like." Want to pop that? I, what are we gonna do again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Talk about yourself. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, just Bill thought, Gates. I don't know if you did <laughs> Yeah, who's the uh, PowerPoint now, version yeah, Steve of Steve Jobs. Right. Um, but I thought, I really thought like five of my friends I went to art school with would be amused by this because I basically <laughs> like drew actual people and um, and I thought nobody else will get this. It's just, it's literally to crack up three friends and, and uh, 
And then, of course, everybody said, like, this is exactly like it was in my arts. <laughs> now, was the I was horrified to find that out. <laughs> was, the, was the film, uh, did that come from Terry? Uh, or did, were you guys like, after Ghost World, were you just like, what else you got? It was actually, we came up with it before Ghost World. Mm -hmm. It was like before, Ghost, somewhat, well, like while Ghost I World was being made, that. it was like, let's do that one. That was Terry, yeah, Terry wanted to do it. Uh -huh. That was his thing, even though he never went to art school, had no connection to art school at all. He just thought uh -huh. he it's would intrinsically dislike art school. And now, say that again, because I want to, you, Ghost World was the one that you, you had started that and then you decided that you had art school was on the rails when you ended up doing Ghost World or... Ghost World took, I think, six years before it, like, we wrote mm -hmm. a script and then, and then, you know, told all our friends and family, it's going to be a movie. Yeah. And then six years later, it was actually made. Right. So <laughs> yeah. we had a lot of downtime. <laughs> I know, I know the reason I say that is um, the Coen brothers wrote Barton Fink <coughs> in the middle of either Miller's Crossing or Hudsucker Proxy, like right. they were stuck. And they just said, oh, let's write a movie about a writer that's stuck. Right. And then they wrote Bart Fink, and then they sort of broke their writer's block and went back and finished the right. other movie. It was such a great story. So this... Uh, You're still living this up this This is my though, right? sellout phase. This was a... This was a... Uh, Slacker cola. This was an absurd product in... Uh, for those who don't know, this was uh, Coca-Cola... This photo says to me, by the way, just the 90s. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> Coca-Cola decided that, you know, there was this whole, like, slacker generation who didn't like to be sold to, so they were going to create sell a product. <laughs> yeah, well, they were going to, how do we sell to them? They thought, well, we'll create a product, and we'll just say, like, this stuff isn't really very good. It's like, you, may, you, you could buy it or not. We don't care. <laughs> it's... Uh, Life is worthless. <laughs> all this stuff, you know, all the stuff I've been selling in my comics up right. till then. And so uh, I told them, you know, my comics don't sell very well. This is not going to be like a big. This isn't going to be a big. Is seller. this at Coca-Cola? Co like, this is actually is it, an is ad like agency. Is like an Emerald City here or something? <laughs> no, it was an ad agency that that got carte blanche. You know, and right. I just I could not believe it kept going. It was one of those projects. I was like, I just I can't stop. D working on this because I cannot believe it's still going. Right. Every day you think like, okay, that we're not going to do the the cola that you know we're going to say is terrible. We're not going to actually do that. And uh, you know what else came up? Well, I was going to say. It, and so it, it cut to it actually is released and and you know foisted on the public and then it wound up losing so much money. It lost. <laughs> It lost more money than any product in Coke's history, including New Coke. Including New Coke. It was, uh, so I, I like to think that my, uh, my anti-corporate cred is totally solid, because I lost, right. how, many, how many out here have lost millions of dollars <laughs> for a multinational corporation? Was it just, was it Coke inside? No, it was this orange thing. It was, uh, I remember like when we were doing it, I said, well, what kind of, what, like what kind of soda is Doesn't it? They, yeah, they said, we're not sure. We're not sure. We tried a few. And, uh, and I said, well, like what color is it? We, we don't know yet. It's green or orange. But, so, but the, the funny little story about this is that they, to, to, do, to draw this face, they sent me what's called in a to a professional illustrator, a mock-up, and so they what they did was they took it's actually a drawing of my head from a from a story I did like an autobiographical parody story I did, and then they took the face oh well so much for my little joke um, 
Try to remember what you were just you know, it's looking funny, at. I just realized the slideshow is working just like the book. You get a little bit. It's right. It's, it's a blackout. The, it's over. Well, if you can recall what that can looked like up there, the, uh, the, the interior of the face is taken from another drawing I did. And it's uh, the, the art director put it together. I just basically traced the drawing he sent me. And the amusing fact is that the facial features are from a drawing I did of Charles Manson. In my <laughs> So, oh, that, really? so that actually Coca-Cola put Charles Manson on a can. Charles Manson was kind of a beautiful young boy when you look at him. He was a handsome way. guy. He was a ha ha yeah. fancy lad was how yes, he referred to himself. I believe so. Um, uh, <laughs> no, I think it's kind of... No, Try it again. Oh, there you go. There, you go. there we go. We're all right. We're all We're right. Good. We're uh, good. The show Cougar Town came about not dissimilarly. It was, it was a joke. It was a joke pitch in the writers' room of the show Scrubs. It was like, what is the most cynical fucking show we could Cougar think of? And then they, and they made it. And, uh, and cool. uh, yeah, that happens sometimes. We did that on uh, on the Ben Stiller show. We, they want they, we had a sketch, called. The Grungies, which was a parody <laughs> of the Monkees, right? But it was a grunge band, right? A '90s match, yeah. right? And uh, they they were like, we, "That's a show." I'm like, oh. "Please no, <laughs> please." Yeah. And yet, and yet, you know, they're selling the OK Cola. They're selling to cynical people. Right. N nothing is more cynical than that product. It's of course, of course, marriage. which is a, was the great right. appeal. So now, back. Meanwhile, back in comics, here's uh, Ghost World. Mm -hmm. Who's that? That's uh, that's the gal from is Ghost it, World. Is that okay? Because yeah, no, I know. No, I like look to your lovely bride. Oh yeah, I'm not going to embarrass her. Okay, all right. Now this is a I I'm uh, this is a world of ghosts. Tell me about that. Uh, your spooky cartoon. Right at the same time. Same time, go the movie Ghost World was in the theater. The John Carpenter Ghosts of Mars was also <laughs> in the theater. Like two and, disaffected and, uh, A friend of my parents went to see that. <laughs> and it, was, it was pretty good. Your son's movie was pretty good. I will. I will top that. <laughs> wow. When when uh, Mark David Chapman was arrested after shooting John Lennon, they said he was reading The Catcher in the Rye. Right. So my my one brother of the of the several, the one that is as dumb as a bag of hammers, went and read Bob Euchre's The Catcher <laughs> in the WRY and could not figure out the connection. Bob Euchre, famous professional baseball That's the greatest. player. Yeah, fantastic. Read the whole thing. Oh, I don't get it. Sure, the writing's bad, but kill somebody. <laughs> and Ghost uh, World, which is great, guy, you know, men don't famously write uh, well-developed uh, women characters, and uh, this is a quite. This is actually a genuine achievement. Well, there you go. Here's this is the one. That? This How is the one with that? me. Why are chicks crazy, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> This is me making my little appearance in the story, which I uh -huh. felt like uh, You're Hitchcock I'm, I'm actually like drinking OK Cola. <laughs> um, I sort of felt like as I was working on this, I thought like I've some I've sort of implied that like I'm friends with these girls, like I'm eavesdropping on what they're saying, and like I thought like well I should I should like allow them to scrutinize me in the same way they would anybody else, and I I finally realized this is this is what they would see. Mm -hmm. That was like me at every 
every signing I ever did at a comic <laughs> store till like you know two years ago. <laughs> and as you as you develop the um, uh, as you develop the movie and as it as it moved, you know, did it did did you have uh, any insecurity about sort of letting go of the narrative of the of the novel and, and letting it become its own thing, or did you? You know, I I knew it had to be a very different thing. Like when I first started working on it, I just like I thought oh, this is the easiest money I'll ever make, and I just like tr typed up the lines from the script. Here uh, you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's forty five pages. That's not long enough, you know. And, and uh, you, you know, you have a lot of drawings in over, the script. Yeah, exactly. Wait a minute, that's just a comic. Um, but over the course of you know nine hundred drafts, I finally realized like, oh yes, it's, I've got to actually like just forget about the comic and turn mm -hmm. it into a movie. And then it actually it was sort of fun once I well that is the threw fun everything away. Yeah. You know, that yeah. is the that is the fun part of writing when yeah. the story actually takes over and it's yeah. no, 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 it's over here when Jack. it was sort of like it's like oh I get another chance to do a, like a different ver you know this could have been the version I did in the comic but it wasn't but right. you know there's a million versions you can do right and do you do you see um, traces of like the you know when when, when do you envision that the, it's the character from Ghost World and Iron Man 2, or is, it, is Scarlet separate from that? I would like to think that she would have grown up to become a supervillain. I think, she, yeah, no, I think she was in the spirit, actually. I haven't seen uh, Iron Man 2. I don't Nor know. have I. I don't go to movies whose trailers rape my face. <laughs> <laughs> These are some uh, behind-the-scenes photos of some creepy dude with these two. Oh, she's not so tall. The reason uh, reason I have that B on my shirt was that at the time Scarlett was very upset that uh, she was sort of the B-list actress of the film. You know, she was like the second banana, and Thora was the big uh, the big lead actress, Thora Birch, and so. Uh, she convinced me that I was like the B, uh, by being the writer, I was like the B-list, you know, creative person <laughs> on the film. So she made me wear this like scarlet letter B all day when I was a sadistic little girl. Whatever happened to her? Yeah, I don't know. This, oh, is one of, this. this is one of the many great awards that we won for our screenplay. This is the Zachy Gordon Award for Screenwriting Excellence, given to Ghost Story. <laughs> And uh, ter Terry and I, uh, we, we trade this off every year. And so when I put together this slideshow, I realized, oh, Terry's got the Zachy Gordon Award. I need that for my slideshow. That's my proudest achievement. And so I asked him to take a photo, and he was, took weeks and weeks to take this photo. And really? It's, I just love how it's just completely caked with dust. I just love that. About, and, that and I love that it's on a doily, too. I think that's... And it's, it's that's everything that like, says it all about it Terry. It just looks like an just like a bad lamp. It's a hurricane cost. lamp, and it's like this tall. Oh, it's it? enormous. <laughs> now, David David Boring actually was a. Uh, I, I felt you'd sort of consciously moved into a in a in a different. It's a much more external story than uh, there's a lot. The events seem to be dictated more by. Uh, it's not as internal a story as Ghost. Yeah, I mean, Ghost World was very. Uh, that was my only attempt at a serious character question. And David Boring, I really was, I was sort of interested in following a plot, even a, like a crazy plot that you could never put in a movie. I was really, I wanted to do a comic that could never be in a, in a movie, and I was sort of doing it as a parody of a movie with like a three-act structure. Mm -hmm. But it just goes, it, it's such a serpentine plot that, you, you know, it would be, it would be like a mini-series instead like, of a movie. Yeah, well, you had a funny quote, it was like, it was on the beach meets... Yeah, well, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, it was like Finnegan's Wake meets Gilligan's Island or something. 
Finnegan meets Gilligan. There's a huge gulf in between those two, and it fits in there somewhere. Yeah. Probably yeah. everything ever done is between those two. Though. And yet, did you still get calls? That's a movie, Dan. I did. I yeah. did. You can actually, actors wanted to buy it, and you can ima just imagine what actors might think oh. they look like David Boring. And, that, and you would be right. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. There he is. There we go. Uh, this is another comic I did. Yep. But this also, and now we're moving into, the, but this looks like the progenitor of Ice Haven as well. That was, yeah, that yeah. was, uh, that was the comic version of Ice Haven. Right. And what was your, now that was another, uh, uh, you get to this place where you start to do these, when you do these one-offs, they, they, they all have these unique framing devices. It's, it's very admirable that you don't just keep pimping out your trick. <laughs> this, well, this what I did, I, I started to do this as a, like an, an antidote to David Boring, because that was four years of like working in this really meticulous style, this kind of oppressive black and white style. And I thought, I'm just going to do a whole bunch of like funny gag strips. And I uh, walking away from the slime machine problem. And as I was as I was doing that, I uh, this story just kind of emerged out of nowhere, and it it turned into something much more. It was actually much more complex than David Boring it by the time it was done. Yeah, because so it's, it's all these different. I can't control myself. That's the did you f did you find that once you started to get working into uh, working in making money writing screenplays. That you you can't money. Well, yeah. <laughs> you gotta talk to my wife. I didn't. Um, but once you do start working in that uh, medium, that it, it it you can't help but have it inform the other stuff that you do. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the the uh, you know things that engendered this was uh, working in film and seeing how how easy it was to change things. Like you could edit things and you can move everything all around and you can. Mm -hmm. Just do things I never, I always thought you shoot a movie and it just, you put it together in sequence in like three days and that, there you, you know, send it to the theater. And I didn't realize you spend months like reordering everything and how, how much you could change things. And you cannot do that in comics for the most part. You know, no. you can't, if you want to move a panel from page four. But you shouldn't be you know, able to do it in movies. <laughs> well, you yeah, you know, yeah, but it, but literally, it's spatially impossible in a comic to move a panel from one page right. to the next. You, you know, you have to stick it in between panel. I mean, you just—it's right. literally impossible. So you're kind of stuck with what you've got. So I kind of thought if I did these little short stories, you know, one and two page stories, I could at least change the order of those stories and have some control over it. And that was that was very, uh, you know, that that made it much less oppressive in a way to be able to do that. Yeah. What what I thought when I first started reading um, the Wilson and I, it, I thought where it was going and uh, it would be interesting to do is to tell the story of, of his life but track it through different ages like to tell like you know like flashback yeah, to a, I was story actually that, that, the original idea was just so we know this is Spider-Man you created Spider that yeah. character of Spider-Man um, I was originally going to do Wilson's entire life, you know, like from cradle to grave, and mm -hmm. that just seemed a little gimmicky. So, and I thought this was sort of this was the I wanted to just cut everything out of the story that wasn't exactly, you know, meaningful to me in some way. So it's uh, well, there's, there's one really no funny padding at all. There's one really funny uh, thing. Spoiler just alert! One funny thing. The, no, the, the thing that really made me laugh is uh, suddenly he's in prison. Right. And uh, it just, it's so, you don't need to see it, which is makes it so much so much funnier right. to me. Yeah, and I obviously had whoops, ten, like 10 pages in between those two strips, and then yeah. I 
It kept cutting and cutting and cutting, and then it was okay. There we are. It's always I, I know I, I I don't know how this came to be, but I always imagine like they're when they were writing King Kong, they're like, how the fuck do we get this thing to New York? I got an idea. He's in New York. <laughs> hey, what do you know? Yeah, that works. That works. Yeah, it worked great. So this is actually a big uh, this big um, kind of. Um, self-important story I was working on. I spent like a year writing this, uh, this like a, my big Hollywood story, and I was really uh, trying to do, you know, the great American graphic novel, and I, I had it all kind of written out and plotted out, and I drew, I wound up drawing like seven or eight pages, and then one day I woke up and I just thought, like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done. Like, <laughs> to try to do like a great graphic novel is really like the dumbest thing you could ever do, and I, f I just hated myself for even thinking <laughs> that way. Even though I actually kind of like this, I reread it recently, it's actually pretty good, and I may do it someday, but just I felt so unclean doing that that I... I abandoned it, so it's. Uh, I haven't even looked at most of it. That's your great. That's your like bottom drawer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel unclean doing everything. Yeah, and so I was. You know, after I abandoned that, I was like, "What am I going to do? What am I going to do?" And I got a call from uh, the New York Times Magazine, and they asked me to do this weekly strip. So I did. I, I was like on the phone with the editor, and I, oh, what am I? What, what do I do for that? And she said, "You know, you could do like you could just do anything. You could do like a." Like, you know, you could do like a romance story. And I thought, aha, what would I do for a romance story? Like, what would my romance be? And then I tried to think, like, this is for readers of the New York Times Magazine. So I tried to imagine the quintessential reader of the New York Times Magazine, like just this schlubby, you know, 46-year-old lonely schmuck who wants to, whose, like, fantasy is basically to meet a girl he can read the New York Times Magazine <laughs> with. And, Everybody, uh, that, that guy, uh, it, it, the, this person, the, the name I'm going to reference is not that person. But, <laughs> but those people all look like Robert Smigel. Okay. <laughs> but Robert has a lovely wife and gotcha, children. Okay. So, uh, so anyway, so that was, that was my impetus for this, was a romance with like the schlubby New York Times reader guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, and I did it. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm going to keep going even though this is Let's not Let's just working. pretend they can see the slides. Mm -hmm. Envision, uh -huh. if you will. Wow. So that's, I guess that's Scarlet in her trailer. Oh, my. Hey, oh, did that get in there? Jesus. <laughs> These are uh, New Yorker covers. I actually thought the, 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 one, the guy on the right in the spacesuit looks so much like a producer I know, I thought it was him. And he's, Stuart Cornfell? No, it's oh. not. It was, no, I like Stuart's a friend. Oh. Uh, they said no. The producer I was like was the only man in my life I've yelled at. Wow! I'm one wow. person in my life. Nice. Yeah. Guy named Bob Cooper. When you know, I said when I was a kid, I wanted to do. I wanted to work for Mad Magazine, but my dad wanted me to work for the New Yorker. So those, <laughs> those were for him. Although, I got my first New Yorker cover as when my dad was in the hospital and. It literally came out two days after he died. It was, it was, pretty, uh, pretty unbelievable. Well, God's a cock. Thanks, David Remnick. <laughs> so this is one Thanks, of the. Thanks, Killy McGee. <laughs> this is, uh, this is one of the little uh, strip. This is not my new style. This is. Uh, <laughs> this, this is your back to basics. <laughs> yes, exactly, Mike. <laughs> caveman style. Um, this is this is one of the little strips I drew sitting in the hospital. So this is they kind of all looked like this. Well, actually, this is one of the most accomplished looking ones. 
That's a grim time. This is is your mom uh, still? Around? My mom is with us, yes. I have her ashes in my bag. Oh, excellent. No. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mom. Yeah. My dad, uh, I, uh, my my mom had some sort of medicinal reaction. My dad came home the other day and found my mom on the floor with some pliers pulling the worms out of the carpet. Are you serious? I'm totally serious. Wow, yeah, you and, couldn't uh, make that up. It's like, uh, and, I, and I thought, you know, they took her to the hospital and I thought it'd be great if I had to fly back and come and the house is actually full of fucking worms. Like, yeah, right. idiots! She was right. Put her back on her heart medication! <laughs> 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 no, and she did that great. There's a, you know, there's a wonderful thing about parents. She has like, you know, she's the perfect American. She takes seven thousand drugs, right. and uh, and uh, and they say, well, the doctor told me to stop taking my blood pressure medication for a week, and um, and then the greatest words that come after that, which I knew were coming. So what I did instead, <laughs> leave it at that. Yeah. The doctor told me to get over my pneumonia, I should just stay in bed and relax. So instead, I put on a witch's hat and ran around the post office. <laughs> Great, Mom. It's amazing you don't get better. So on that note, here's, this is my dad in the hospital. End of slide. Um, Hilarious! Here we are, yeah. Um, and here we are, and now you've worked all the way up to... This is the first page of the book. I love right. people. I'm a people person. It all goes downhill from there. I love that last panel of uh, and just that's and when I turned the page and saw that that was it, but it was the, it same the end. <laughs> but no, it's it's great that when you turn the like you know instantly what you're in for. <laughs> right. Like when you, it's so right. great. It's so great. And mm -hmm. as I was saying, uh, it, and it is one of those great books that. Like even though you want to read it chronologically, I was like my wife was reading something, I was reading something. Else. I said, "Not just read this one. Just just read this one. It's really yeah." My goal was to do. I always figure like when you when you take a book off the shelf, you like open it to the middle. You know, nobody ever like starts at page one. They just say, you open to the middle and look. You know, look to see what it looks like. And so I thought, you know, I wanted a book where people would open it to the middle and go, "Oh, it's funny little comics. I'll read the you know," and kind of get sucked into it. Mm -hmm. No, it's really. So we'll see if that works. It's incre It's incredibly. It's a great. It's a great device. It's. It's one of your. It's one of your best pieces. Well, thank you. Really, not your best. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, I, I well, my as I've said, as I because I pestered you for as much of the art as I, I uh, immortal, invisible. I just love so much. Oh, yeah. And uh, but it's it's not a, it's also that sort of. They're not totally different. They're, he's also a painfully lonely kid. Right. You know, was yeah, trying yeah. to he get could have grown up to be Wilson for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I love the thing that that I, my, I'm I'm obsessed by that year where you're too old to go trick-or-treating yeah. but too young to do anything cool right and you're just kind of stuck I had a couple of years like that actually. yeah I actually had one that uh, is a gr it's a well we're doing um, in 1977 yeah I was arrested for shoplifting in the afternoon stealing soap <laughs> Duh. It's like, you know, like stealing a gun the day before the president comes right and uh, and uh, there was a, I lived in a small town, so they just called my mother. My mother couldn't, I didn't get in trouble, because who taught me to shoplift? My mother. <laughs> oh, man. Because she was crazy. And we used to s steal groceries and deduct the money from the grocery list, and she would send it to Oral Roberts. Wow. Um, and I ended the night uh, egging cars with a Catholic priest. There you are. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> didn't even make a move. It's quite a day. Yeah, it was didn't even make a move. Didn't even make a move. You were a homely child. I asked him later, like, what was the deal? He's like, I don't know. I just wasn't Indian. <laughs> I'd have done something. I'd have spruced up. Uh, and here we are, and now we're in, uh, and now we're in the in, airport. Uh, yeah. yeah, in high dungeon of of, yes, of the Wilson. Yes, this is yeah, quintessential Wilson. Yeah, it's, and and it does, and it also, I know this is his daughter, right? Which I also loved. It's such an incredibly, you're almost waiting for the super hot chick, like because right. that would be the funny. Right. Contrary. Right. But this is exactly who it would be. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it's so well observed. The goth girl. Yeah. yeah so well observed. Um, so this was, this book was sort of uh, like my role model for Wilson. Like I wanted, I just wanted it to have that kind of presence, you know, where I remember my dad had this book when I was a kid and I used to, I didn't even really look at it. It was sort of like over my head, but it's like, you see it, and it's like, it's about Big George, and there he is, and you're going to open this book, and it's going to be all about Big George. <laughs> and it's a book, you know, it just had this imposing, like, it's a book about, and you're going to close it, and Big George is done, and you can put him on the shelf. What was, what was Big George? Big George was like, like was a like gag strip by this great artist, Virgil, Virgil, Virgil Parch, Park. who went as VIP. And, Were uh, they uh, body? No, no, he does sort of look like a like a uh, a body fellow, yeah. but he was actually kind of a just a schlubby kind of nondescript guy. Oh. But it looks um, like he might cross paths with the Femlin at some point. Yeah, he does, but it, no, no. Yeah. But anyway, I just I like just the bookness of that image, <laughs> and, and when I when I you know called the publisher, I said I want the thickest boards, I want like the <laughs> thickest paper, like I want a book that can take a bullet. You know, I just but, want it. I want like. My readers to be protected with this book, and but people I'm going to go down with the sinking ship that is book publishing with a you know, <laughs> solid book. That's like I don't want some stupid little book. You, you know? know why they put Big Macs in a box? Right. When they don't need to. Right. People like things in a box. There you go. So this is like better than a box. Mm -hmm. Absolutely true. And there he is. There he is. The the end. The distance of early park. Fantastic. So it, we could answer questions. What's up? Can I tell them what you're doing tonight? <laughs> if you want to, yeah. Has, Dana has to leave in 15 minutes because he has to fly to China to pick up a baby. <laughs> and I, that's not a joke. It's not a joke. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool, I think. It's that's a good excuse. It's anyway. a good excuse. It's if you're not, not the, uh, if I don't see a baby next time I see you, I mean, <laughs> wait a minute, you just want to get out. Yeah, my wife is going to be so freaked out when I come home with this fucking <laughs> right. um, It was. It's an odd. It's an odd uh, situation. We have two other children right. from uh, China, and and we. You thought, don't need to justify yourself. Yeah. It's fine. We thought to triangulate would be good. <laughs> right. Too. That's right. Um, when hit, we when hit two of them against each other. Yeah, as I said, when we told my mom originally that we were adopting a baby from China, she asked, I don't even want to know. Are you going to teach her English? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a great thing. As you as they get older, sometimes you just why don't you just keep talking, and I'm going to think about the person you used to be when I was younger, and weep softly into this nap. <laughs> into this pillow. Uh, but let's let's get some questions. So any going. questions? Yeah. You're right in the front. Right there. I can actually see you. Um, have you ever considered uh, putting your cartoons into animation? Have you ever considered? 
<laughs> now you probably should repeat that because uh, he sure did ask nobody it, back there heard that. If uh, no, I'm, I was just kidding. Um, have you ever considered putting your uh, cartoons in anim animation? I know Matt Gronig, and he well, has Matt a Gronig lot of, has, he's made He actually has a deal now. He just eats dead leaves and shits money. It's a fantastic <laughs> deal. Um, yeah, I did. I did a uh, an animated video for the Ramones years ago, like in 1995. It was like their last video, I believe, and it was. It was. I. I literally got the phone call on like June 1st, 1995, and they said, you know, we need this by. This is going to be on the air June 30th. <laughs> it was like the first I'd heard of it. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, I'll, yeah. and so. Uh, so it was not. You know, it was not my most developed work, but. Um, it was a lot of fun doing that, and I don't know. I, there's something about animation that really bugged me for a long, long time. And uh, a couple of years ago, there was this film called *Fears of the Dark*, and uh, it was this French film. And they got Charles Burns and a couple other artists to do uh, to do animated films. And they got this guy named Richard McGuire, who's this great artist, to like just direct and do his own um, little segment of it. And I thought it, it was so blew me away. I thought it was like so. It was. Uh, on the level of Hitchcock, like it's just the most fantastically done thing. And when I saw that, I thought, like, oh, maybe, maybe animation could be okay. Is so it I, all animated? Or? Yeah, it's all animated, oh. and it's fear of the dark. Fear, yeah, fears of the dark. And uh, and anyway, so that's uh, that's something I would like to do if somebody will throw money at me someday. Interesting. Fears. Of the dark. Fears of the dark. It was it's kind of like your ghost story movie. Yes. Yes. Um, you know those you know those Richard Linklater sort of quasi animated films. Right. That's that's also face rape to me. I think. <laughs> Stop it. Leave me alone. You know, like movies that poke you in the head. <laughs> um, somebody You're a sensitive fellow. <laughs> I just sit there with a damp cloth. Uh, anyone else? Well, there's, there's a hand a, over there. There's a guy. Yeah, um, let's see, I don't know if this question invites some kind of negative response, but I remember reading uh, some reference. I like your, I like your setup. <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably call me technically a Nazi for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it? Go ahead. In a comics journal interview, oh, boy. I referenced to your brother as the... Uh, as My poor brother. In the best testing... Was it not, okay, uh, not, you know, the Illinois Oh, he was, yeah. Yeah, he had the highest IQ in the history of the California penal system. Oh. <laughs> he really did, I'm serious. Your brother? Yeah. Was he incarcerated? He was, yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering what has become of him. He's, uh, he actually um, lives in Chicago and, and rehabs houses for a living, and he's an all right guy. Can you t say what he was in for? Or would you it, was a, it was a drug-related wow. charge. My brother is a prison guard. They might know each other. They might. Yeah. I don't know what he said to his job counselor. I don't like anal rape per se. I like the idea of it. I can see it as a part of my job. Theoretically. Uh, yeah. I like to maybe referee or... <laughs> referee. I, I, I like it to be a part of my work environment. I just don't <laughs> want to specifically be involved. Um, it will stun you to know that I've said that in shows. Uh, yes. The guy that looks like the first series of fuzzy-haired G.I. Joes. <laughs> Um, I actually wrote that Death Ray story when I was about 15 years old after reading Spider-Man. You know, it's just my version of that. And uh, 
I just really related to the Spider-Man character because I lived with my grandparents and and you know I was a resentful skinny twerp who <laughs> wished I had been bitten by a spider you know and, and so uh, so when I I don't know a few years ago when I, I was trying to think what should I do for my next comic and I thought like what would be the, like the stupidest thing you could do and I thought like oh yeah like a real life superhero that would be like that's like the dumbest thing you could do. <laughs> And I'm gonna do it, and so that's and so I actually like because that story because I wrote it when I was 15. It had like this really intense emotional impact on me as as things you write when you're 15 will do. And of course, I completely rewrote it, but it had it, the character looked the same, and it had sort of some of the basic plot elements. Now that was option, wasn't it? Yeah. Did that movie star Jack Black want to make that? He's he uh, still might. Mm -hmm. I believe Ben Cooley is here. He might have a check uh -oh. for you. It's going to bring out a giant check. <laughs> foam core check. Here you are. Ten dollars. I can put that okay. in the contract. All my checks will be oversized you're, foam you're core right. checks. <laughs> um, foam core checks. <laughs> yes. Um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about Oakland since you've been there as long. I think I'm talking to you a few times after. Um, oh, it's, it's that guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. And then also, it seems like Oakland's kind of receiving a little bit of your work. I was wondering if you could talk about that. Yeah. Secondly, are you done with comic books now? Um, I'm not done with comics at all. I'm done with maybe doing it in comic book, you know, saddle-stitched pamphlet form, just because that, that feels like it's, you know, it's old news. But um, as, as far as Oakland, yeah, Wilson is, Wilson is very much a guy from Oakland, and I, I, uh, he lives, like, you know, two blocks from my house, and anybody who, like, you know, wants me to take them around Oakland. I could do a walking tour of Wilson's, you know, uh -huh. Wilson's haunts. And, um, and then that story, Mr. Wonderful, is actually on, a, on like the other street near my house that I hang out at. So it'd be very easy to figure out where I live if you wanted to do uh, <laughs> Oakland research. Um about the uh, uh, the awesome amusement park uh, in Oakland, Children's Fairyland in Oakland, which was supposedly the the basis, for the the thing that gave Walt Disney the idea for Disneyland. And it's but it's it's like the Oakland version of Disney Disneyland in that it is extremely rundown and sad, and it's it will like inspire tears more than laughter. <laughs> but you know. Yeah. But it's but I love it. I love yeah. I'd much rather go there than Disneyland. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's much more. It's I, like really, to, I uh, like to be moved to, to sobbing as I'm <laughs> watching my son, you know, sadly go around a rusty merry-go-round. <laughs> it's really like the amusement park Jack Klugman went to in Twilight Zone, and Billy <laughs> right. Mummy was killed in Vietnam. Right. Pepe's over there. He's just a boy. <laughs> Stop overacting. Um, Everybody knows that reference. Here. But <laughs> yeah. my readers are young. People. Yeah. That's why my life is all chicks. Right. Um, uh, the but Oakland does. It's funny how like your environment so informs your work. Like Chicago was so heavily influenced in, in like the right. early eight balls. It's so Chicago is. Yeah, it was so all in the early eight balls. It was completely Chicago. And then when I was doing Ghost World, I, moved, I, I moved to 
<laughs> California, but I still had like the the Chicago in my head. So it's so it's like palm trees and beaches and California mixed with Chicago. <laughs> so everybody go, oh, that story's set in suburbia. You really captured suburbia, and it's like no, it's just this weird mixture of like urban horror decay and and you know California nonsense. Yeah, but that, that somehow is equals suburbia. But that is true. I mean, but that is also real. And like you yeah. know, like uh, Tim Burton has that like right. to him the blight of Burbank was so. Right. Palpable so that it moved him powerful. to make the same movie 20 times. Right. <laughs> um, He'll get it right one of these yeah. days. <laughs> yes, young man in the back, Tom. <laughs> Has anyone talked to you about doing a Velvet Glove cast an iron as a film? A lot of people have talked to me about it. Nobody with any money has ever talked to me about it. It's always like the student film, you know, like, I want to make this as my student film. Or That's funny, because I know the person that controls the money. Wait a minute. <laughs> that could help him. I need um, somebody who looks like Tina, like some actress who looks like a potato. <laughs> this is for me. Yeah, I think you could do that. Could find that. I always think Velvet Glove will be like the most popular movie of 2040. Like our our culture will have like gotten so extreme that that will just be like a PG film and but, long but, after I'm dead, you know. But I think it could. In the right hands, I think it could be a movie because the visuals are already established in the way that I don't think that um, Geek Love could be. Yeah. I think it could be a horrible movie. Geek Love. Oh yeah. 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 Um, but uh, that would be a good pitch for it. Yeah, the Arturo, the Aquaboy tie-in at Burger King, you would have. But uh, right. I think that because the, you know that it, it is funny because you know move, whereas you know books tell stories of it, an interior story, a story of intention. Movies just can show action. Right. And it's really a graphic novel is the midpoint between those two. Yeah, mean, yeah. It, it, that is sort of its niche. It would be, I, no, I'm, I'd like to make it as a movie, but, you know, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. Often a wise choice. <laughs> right. This, um, this little guy. Um, so when you write a graphic novel, do you ever write a script or do you just write little sketches? What's your process for, for that? Um, he's asking my process for writing a, a comic. Um, I actually don't have a set process, and it's not—it's not because like I, I want to you know switch around all the time. It's—it's it's, I'm I'm trying to find like the right way to do it. I know there's like a way out there that's going to be like bingo, I've got it. You know, this is my system from now on, and it works every time. And then I, you know, I'll do one book, and then okay, the next one I'm going to write up the whole script in advance, and then the next one it's I don't want to write the whole script in advance. I'll just draw it panel by panel without any idea of what's going on. <coughs> And I just veer all around wildly, and they all come out basically the same. So it, it doesn't seem to matter. <laughs> it it is a it is a, that thing that you always end up doing. Like if if when you write a screenplay, you have X amount of time. It's always like the last four days. Like fuck, 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 <laughs> <Right>. fuck. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. Let's take a couple more, and then. And then you got to go get a baby. I literally have to go to the airport. <laughs> Apologize. Uh, unless we're we're full up. All right. It's teeming with people, and yet we seem to have answered every question. There's Weirdly. one. Last question. There we go. Better be good. You seem to have a heavy strength of surrealism with you and uh, Chester Brown, who I both admire your visual Thank you. styles, and I think they're very um, innovative. But I wonder if you have any, outside of comics, if you have any influences from surrealism. From surrealism? I, um, I don't know. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> this event is over. Yeah. <laughs> 
out! <laughs> I always wanted to do that. <laughs> this, this, this hearing is finished! You take your shoe and pound it on the table. I actually don't have a good answer. For, I mean, I, I like The Surrealist and I like, you know, Bunuel films and stuff, but I can't say I was deeply influenced by any of that stuff, you know, except just by osmosis, kind of, you know, knowing about it. And Are you a Dennis know, Potter fun. fan? I wasn't until um, a couple of years ago. I actually n never sat through any of those until uh, four or five years ago, and yeah. then I watched them all at once. The BBC singing detective. Yeah, exactly. That's, it's amazing. Yeah. Have you ever seen the Robert Downey Jr. one? So I always meant to. I'd, like, I'd love to see it just it's for that. It's great. It's as awesome reasons. as Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. There you go. Um, uh, hey, not everybody could make that story boring. You know, a, my my kid would make it interesting yeah. by accident. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, what's that? Talking gorilla on a horse with a sword. <laughs> 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 uh, cool. So, uh, what is the? Are you? Uh, is there a signing? Uh, you can do. I believe I'm going to sign signing? some books. Okay, and uh, and it's uh, available here. Thank you all for coming. Uh, Dan Klaus, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can check out this and all of our great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Today's music was provided by Ashley and Arlo. You can check them out at MySpace or Facebook or at the iTunes Music Store. Thank you for stopping by and we hope to see you soon.